Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we back, and we back. March seventh, locked on Mavericks on a uh, on a Tuesday. Here for you, I'm Mike. He's Jacob. Uh, I'm at Machine Sports. He's at Not Jack Kemp. We're here for episode number ninety four. Um, thank you if you listen to uh, some of the stuff while uh, while Jake was in uh, Chile or Chile, however you're supposed to throw the little weird uh, ending of that word around. Um, I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Brian Damaris. I thought that was pretty fun. And uh, just a little bit has been going on since you've been uh, out of town, Jake. Just a tiny, just a touch bit of basketball. Hey, we um, did our we did our Noel from we did. remote. As I'm, someone stared at me tapping their foot for 40 minutes. <laughs> Think that's, that was easy? That's dedication. That is dedication. That's how much he loves you people. So you're welcome. Uh, it is Locked On Mavericks, and we're here for you every day. And uh, we're brought to you by SeatGeek. Um, SeatGeek has uh, taken a really difficult and uh, pain-in-the-ass process of buying tickets and getting out to events without feeling like you got took um, and made it pretty easy. Um, they gather up all the tickets from all the little brokers that you haven't even heard about, put them in front of you. Um, say you want to get out to, uh, let's say, uh, this weekend, Suns at, uh, at Mavs um, Saturday, 29 bucks get you in the house. Um, I got an email this morning that says the price is right is going to be in Grand Prairie on Friday. Um, Whoa. I know. I was like, maybe. Uh, and you can get into that event for 133 and go, uh, participate and maybe, uh, get, get to run up there and spin the, uh, the, whatever the thing is. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, I don't spinner, either. The big spinner thing. But, uh. Just go yeah. see the Mavs. Yeah, go see the Mavs tonight, maybe, as they're hosting the Lakers. And then uh, Friday again, right? They got a long home stretch. Home stretch here. They do, uh, and they have the very rare Friday Saturday back to back at home. That is really odd, but uh, good for often. them. Good for good for Dirk mainly, um, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But uh, if you download that SeatGeek app on your Android or your iPhone, throw it on your your homepage there. Um, open that bad boy up, bottom right hand corner. It'll say uh, Me. It'll be the uh, the Me tab. Uh, that's your accounts tab, that's your settings tab, and you're going to save some money by using the promo code LOMAVS, as in Locked on Mavs. I'll save you $20 off your first ticket purchase via the SeatGeek app, and uh, you're out to the event you wanted to get to, and uh, we helped save you some money, which we like doing that, so uh, you're welcome in the end. Um, Alright, so I'm going to start this Tuesday morning by uh, by swinging on some people, if that's alright. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Um, so if uh, if the media outlet of your choosing 
uh, in this market or uh, your sports your sports diet on this market. If uh, if the people you listen to are still saying um, talking about the Mavs tanking and uh, how none of this matters because the Mavs should be tanking, number one, stop listening to them. Um, number two, if you don't realize what that is, that's just a lazy way of having a Mavs segment or writing a Mavs article or having a Mavs discussion without actually having to watch the basketball games because they checked out about two months ago and they aren't realizing like the fun things that are happening right now and the new core that's being built um, within the Dallas Mavericks organization for the next three to four years. And uh, it's a spicy topic to begin with. When you say tank, people perk up. So it's a, it's a cheat. It's a lie, and uh, I'm pretty tired of people um, not watching actual basketball games and just saying, doesn't matter, Tank. If we could go back to the start of the year, though, I think um, your uh, idea or hope was not that they would tank, but you did want them to lose. Yeah, when, when you're 4-17, and 17, for sure. And also when you're playing guys who are 33 and 34. Yep. Yep. So I think that the fundamental shift, which I, I – feel like we were pretty consistent on from the start is you know if they're playing guys who are going to be here long term and really this definitely shifted once they started playing curry more mm-hmm. and then yogi after that and then obviously noel now and even to a certain extent whenever finney smith was getting a lot of run yeah i don't really care about the outcome of the games in a sense of like oh i'm pissed off if they won because it's a worse position I don't care if they're playing guys who are going to be here. I care. Mm-hmm. I I would. I really didn't want to win with Bogut and D-Will. <laughs> yeah. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Like, it's the wrong kind of, uh, I guess, approach to winning or approach to uh, team building for me to roll out dudes that have no future here uh, just because it would get you one extra win a month or something like that. And, um, yeah, now, I mean. If you're winning I've, like that, I got a problem with it. Yeah. And uh, I think I've said it really, really consistently that it wasn't – I didn't say, like, tank because I'm enamored by the draft. I said uh, lose games because I need you to have four to five really promising players next year. I don't care how you get them. And they've done it, like, the most unorthodox way, which is just (laughs) find good players that are young and uh, maybe let them them play big minutes and even start them – over the last, you know, whatever it is, 24 games for Seth Curry. And, it's definitely uh, really unconventional. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen. Like, pe- teams don't rebuild their young core or, like, find a new young core um, in, like, a six-week six week stretch of a season. It, okay. I, can't, I can't remember another one. Here's what I'm going to – I don't know if the term is swing on, but I – I feel like in trying to ex- explain, not even necessarily support, but trying to explain what is at least in the Mavs' mind. Okay, here's, a, here's I guess, my, my problem with this. I feel like a lot of times whenever we cover, uh, if you're reporters, commentators, whatever, when you cover the process of how a team is built, especially locally where most of the people who are consuming your product are really big fans of the team, it's usually just like results-oriented judgments. Mm-hmm. And so – even if I think that there's a role and even almost like a responsibility to even if you don't agree or even if it goes poorly in the outcome and even if you don't agree with the way that uh, a team is trying to do something, I do think you should explain what they're trying to do because nine times out of ten, they're not just morons. Yeah. Like 
some of these teams are actually, I'm coming to learn, run by morons. But, like, <laughs> even going back to, like, it all goes back to the Tyson Chandler thing for me. I feel like locally, we nobody was really even trying to explain why they were trying to do it the way that they were. And obviously it didn't work out. Um, yeah, they but, were like, why is this injustice falling upon us? Why yes. are you being, why are you being so, so evil? They let the uh, you wasted the end of Dirk's career narrative take hold without yeah. ever actually tying together the idea that well, they were actually trying to give him the best chance to ever win again that they could. Now, that per, now the chance um, that they would land at that was a much lower percentage, but they were taking a try to hit a home run because hitting a single or even a couple doubles for this guy is never going to get him back to the promised land. Maybe yeah. that would have had like a 40% chance, and the way they did it had like a 10% chance. My point to all this now is, um, I think on Bad Radio yesterday, I don't remember if it was Bob or Dan said, you know, this front office is obviously, you know, now they're better kind of thing. Like people, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if that was his opinion as, as much as it is like, hey, the fan base is now like, oh, look, they're, they're not total uh, idiots. Like there are people in Dallas who think that the Mavs have the worst front office in the NBA. Oh, yeah. And those people don't follow the NBA because from like the time Dirk got here up until like last year, the Mavs had like the third highest win percentage in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. You can't. You cannot be that good and be the worst at something, um, even if it's mostly because of Dirk. My point is, the reason that they're able to do what they're doing right now is not because they all of a sudden found Jesus. It's, <laughs> they they found, read a book. They found they finally... religion on player development. It's because they stopped trying to do everything that they could to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's really simple. Like, for the last four years, they were fighting and making decisions to – sacrifice the future to try to get the eighth seed. And if yeah. you go back and look at the difference between eighth and ninth in most of the years where they finished eighth or seventh, they were like two wins away from not being in the playoffs. So they would play Sean Marion over a younger player. They would play Monte over a younger player. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, like they, the, they, would, they would sign bench guys like Vince Carter repeatedly exactly like block rather development. Than, rather than playing a young player. So I'm, their drafting has been poor, but I also think that their development has been poor because they were scratching, fighting, clawing, doing everything they could to get to 47 and get to the eight seed. Yeah. Lo, lo and behold, the first year where they're like, you know what, we're too far out of this probably not going to make a play for it this year. All of a sudden, they've got like four players who are young who can play. Don't those things seem related? Yeah, for sure. No, I don't I don't know if they needed like a thumbs up like go do your thing from the fan base or I don't know what it was necessarily if it was just circumstance. Uh, it's Dirk's injury. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just circumstance. It's everybody got hurt at the same time and you started 4 and 17 and uh you said, "Well, if we're ever going to do this, there will not be a better time." There's yeah. not there's not going to be a better time in this in the history of this <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Then December 7th, basically. And I, and I don't even know that if he hadn't gotten hurt that they would have done this. Yeah. Very I mean, true. because if he hadn't gotten hurt and they just played the D-Will, probably not Bogut wasn't going to work, but they just kept grinding out. Berea doesn't get hurt. Probably right now they'd be in 7th or 8th in the Western Conference. And you can bet your ass Yogi Ferrell is never seeing the floor. No. No way. And they're probably also not making a trade like the one they did for Noel. Because exactly. you almost have to be like n- not – I don't want to say it's low stakes, but not that many teams are like making pretty large changes to their lineup, to their eight-man composition if they're sitting in seventh or eighth. Yeah, you got nothing to lose, and that's like a big part of that trade to me. Um, And I've – it's not that – you said it very well, that it's not that they weren't like – 
you know, they would have liked to have had a lot of really good young players um, over the last decade or something like that, however long it's been. But uh, I can't, I honestly can't believe um, what they've been able to do over like a six-week span. I, I never would have thought this happened. Um, I thought they were going to be really stubborn about it because that's kind of like the way they operate. Sure. <laughs> they're, pre- they're pretty stubborn. Uh, they know what works or what has gotten them at least, you know, quote-unquote works, which is, you know, a title and a couple uh, Western Conference uh, finals and another finals appearance and, you know, a couple of uh, eighth and seventh seeds. Um, that's That works um, the way they've done it. And I think it took a really tough, hard, long look in the mirror to get them to uh, to do this, but I can't believe what they've accomplished in like a month. No, and I'm I really, can't either. I'm really happy about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because... and, and I want to be clear too. I'm not saying that the way they were doing it before was right. Yeah. I mean, I think you were probably the first person who was ever like, that ever, our biggest disagreement was, okay, yeah, you had to move on from Chandler and then ultimately mm. you had to move on from Kid and Terry, but they should have started immediately trying to take slightly smaller swings yeah. so that, like, you know, whenever they are looking at a guy like DeAndre, he's joining, like, I don't know, Goran Dragic and, and uh, like, Paul Millsap. And then yeah. he's like, oh, that's actually a pretty good team if, with those guys and Dirk. Like, so that if they had made smaller hits earlier. Yeah. But I guess my point is I'm not necessarily saying that sacrificing future development for the seventh or eighth seed is right, but I am saying that they did it because they were – trying to make the playoffs because Dirk wanted to be in the playoffs. And if yeah. you listen to him talk to Stein the other day, mm-hmm. he doesn't care if they're the seventh or eighth seed. Yeah. He wants to be in the playoffs. Yep. Like, that's all that matters to him. He doesn't care if it's Golden State and it's the first round. I mean, he was almost, like, disgusted with the notion of, like, yeah, but you're just – you know, Stein was like, yeah, but it's Golden State. How does that sound? He's like, I don't care. It's the playoffs. Yeah. No, he wants, he wants, the, uh, he wants to be in the battle. Like, and I can't, I can't blame him for that. Um and I think it would do, like, a lot of good for these young dudes. I don't know if they'll make it. I I don't know. I mean, uh, 538 has them projected at 36 wins, which is actually exactly where the Trailblazers are with their uh, incredibly bad season. But, um, all right, so 4-1 and one in their last five. 12 of 19 overall. 10 and 12. 10 of their last 12 at home, uh, which is pretty awesome. The, I gonna, don't know how it was whenever I was gone, dude, but Sunday night the building was Dude, it got pretty electric. lit. It got pretty lit, and the um, let me see what games I did. I did the uh, I did the Pelicans, I did the Heat, and I did the uh, the Grizzlies. And uh, dude, when uh, when Nerland started going pretty ham against Memphis, it was it was popping. It yeah. was uh, it was a loud moment in his uh, in his first start. But uh, since uh, since Nerland's actually been with the team. Um, not starting, but getting a significant minutes that started uh, against the Pelicans last uh, what Saturday night. Whenever he he's had a really chill uh, start to his Mavericks career <laughs> with AD Boogie, Hassan Whiteside, Dwight Howard, Mark Gasol, and Zebo, and then uh, Stephen Adams, which isn't quite the offensive threat of any of those dudes, but just a wave of Oklahoma City Thunder bigs that they have now. I mean, uh, with, I think that's why I think the – and I, I understand, like, Bob's point about his size, but I really think you got to look at that as, like, you need to throw, like, Embiid and Gobert in there. And outside yeah, of that – There's not too many other ones. Yeah, DeAndre is 250, 260, but that's, like, the best collection of big bigs that you're going to run into. Yeah. I mean, look I mean, at the next look at the next teams. Like, 
You got the Lakers, the Nets, who have Lopez, but that's not that doesn't scare me that much. No. Sun, Suns, Raptors, Wizards, Philly, Nets again, Golden State, and then you get DeAndre like a month from now, and that's the next like legit like power center that he faces. So it's it was a kind of a unique thing. But since he's been with the team, um, they are a, they're they're first in defensive rating in basketball <laughs> with uh, nine cool ninety seven. Flat 97 defensive rating. Fourth in overall net rating. Um, a couple things that have gotten fixed that were just, like, bleeding them to death for a while. Um, they're not getting destroyed in first quarters. They're actually hanging in there. Um, they aren't having to come back from a 10-point deficit. And more specifically, the last two, because the Atlanta game was kind of silly. But uh, they don't they don't get nuked on the rebound in the rebounding battle. Uh, I think OKC got them by 10, but they actually beat Memphis on the boards. Um, that game, and uh, yeah, OKC got them by nine, which I don't know. That kind of just happens whenever you roll out Taj and Cantor and Adams and uh, Roberson and Sabonis and dudes that don't do anything but rebound. And um, their bench lineup is actually like really good right now, and uh, they got away with it against the Grizzlies. Um, whenever that was Friday night, um, they were up by like five, and they started the fourth quarter with their little uh. Their little ridiculous bench lineup of, like, Yogi, Devin, Finney Smith, Salah, and Dirk. And I'm like, they're just counting seconds until they can get Noel, Curry, and Barnes back out there. But that team actually gave them a lead. And over the last five, that unit of Yogi, Devin, Dorian Finney-Smith, Salah, and Dirk. So five people that can't create their own shot in any way, basically, on a consistent basis. Um, is a plus 36.9 in net rating. Wow. Which just should never happen. That team's, like, not that skilled, but they're playing out of their mind, and Salah's been playing really good, too. He's going to definitely give you, like, I don't know, about four minutes with Mm -hmm. about uh, eight possessions where he impacts the game tremendously on both sides of the floor. Yeah. And it's 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 really fun when it happens, and then some nights, um, like uh, what game was it? I think it might have been the uh, the Heat game, um, where he plays six minutes and fouls out in that six minutes. And that was log- the most incredible line I've ever seen in my and life. And logs logs a six trillion, which is never that's seen not, never seen anything like it. That's not that's not supposed to be able to happen. Um, I so I guess to see if it ever had happened. <laughs> um, so okay, so early returns on. Noel, what are your what are your thoughts through uh, through five games for him? Uh, I mean, it's dude. I mean, it's exactly what I expected. I'd seen him play, you know, quite a bit before. So yeah, I mean, I, and also he was late. So and I yeah. think the story about the airport is complete BS. And I think <laughs> it's probably going to take a while for him to get. You know, I think he cares, which I think is step one. And I think he's mm-hmm. pretty smart as a basketball player. So I think uh, my thought on what he's doing what he's done so far matters way less than i'm i'm here for 2019 yeah i mean next year that's one thing but like the program the mavs have again to go back to the difference between what i think most at least casual fans think of the mavericks and what most people in the nba think of the mavericks is they're some of the best training staff and best coaching staff Mm -hmm. um, that you're gonna find and they made it that he was late public i guarantee you that there are NBA teams with guys who are late left and right who don't say oh, anything about that to the public. I mean, just the look at the way, Cowboys. Like, 
No, for sure the Cowboys. But the only reason, only way it came out that he was late in Philadelphia is probably that he was late like all the time. Yeah, it was just a normal thing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't late once that it was like, oh, maybe an mm. issue here. Like he, he might have legit been surprised that this got out. Yeah, he and might it's have. Like, no, like, dude, oh, y'all, is, y'all operate like that. No, no, this is a different deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is a different deal. We didn't get to having the third most wins uh, over this almost two decade stretch by letting people, you know, half step right. it. Like this is the yeah. full. So I think he'll – my guess is he'll probably get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he – yeah, he could definitely get better on the defensive glass. But I think a big part of that too is knowing where you are. He's played what, five games? Yeah, five games. I mean, that's like 10 days, 13 days he's been on the team. There's It's, just, it's really hard to learn coverages – and then yeah. to know where you are after the shot goes up and how to get to a rebound, that combined with the weight thing, mm-hmm. it's not that surprising to me that he's not that impressive defensively on the glass. He's got active hands, which we've already seen that. Yep. Uh, he has he rolls to the rim with no abandon. I mean, the dude is yep. – he rolls to the rim very hard. He, can he set gets the a full speed really quick. He does, dude, especially in the open floor. And he'll, fig- he'll figure that out. I think it's just a little bit of timing. Like, honestly, that's one thing that I give, like, Dwight Powell a lot of props for because he feels, like, when the role is supposed to happen. Yes. Um, and Noel just maybe needs to hang out with him for, like, I don't know, a couple days and be like, okay, not now, not now, not now. Now sprint. Now go. And you'll get the oop. Because, I mean, the first game he was just, like, he was setting, like, awful screens and just sprinting to the baseline and setting an awful screen and just sprinting to the baseline. And I was like, dude, chill a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm sure I, he's I anxious. Yeah, I think that's that's simple. That's a simple fix, honestly. Um, one thing, like he's been what I expected, and maybe a little bit more. But offensively, I think we kind of undersold him. Well, I'll tell you this too, dude. I'm not saying that like he's never done some of these things, mm-hmm. but he, he just go look at like his 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 log for. Um, you know, where on, on reference where it shows the split between the 76ers this year and mm-hmm. Dallas this year and his field goal by percentage. So uh, percentage of field goal attempt uh, by percentage. In those five games with Dallas, he's up to 24 from 3 to 10, mm-hmm. and he was at uh, 16 in okay. Philadelphia. Uh, from 10 to 16, 15% of his shots have come from 10 to 15 in Dallas. In Philadelphia, it was at 8, at 0.8 or at 8%. So he's, he's stretching out a little bit. Yeah, I mean – as far as the three to sixteen foot game, I'm not saying he never did this stuff, but he's shown yeah. it a little bit more. That lefty hook is yeah. Well, that, I don't know where, that little where that, little, that came from that little flip he's got too, where the ball just goes like boop straight up and down is pretty neat because that's something that big men don't learn uh, typically for a really long time. Is if you're that weird awkward like five to eight foot range, um, they always try and like go like super overhand with it. Yeah, and he just kind of he just kind of flips it, and then, dude, that Memphis game, like when he took Zebo off the dribble, um, he just like made one power dribble and started scooting around him and got baseline. Zebo's like holding onto his jersey as he finishes left-handed, um, like with a finger roll. Like the place went insane. Yeah, and then he had a couple like, I don't know, I, I didn't see, uh, I didn't like break down possession by possession on the Thunder game, but. In the uh, in the Memphis game, they started using him like not on dead on pick and rolls, not like top of the top of the nail, top of the key pick and rolls, but they were like wing pick and rolls, and he got two oops off those, and I was like, huh, 
Like I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep tabs on that and see if that's like his sweet spot um, for for getting to the basket and creating uh, you know basically just foot races. But uh, and okay, his one on one defense. Like, against some of the bigs, and, and granted, we've mentioned this, these are, like, some of the most unique bigs in the league. Didn't didn't love it for, like, a lot of the minutes against, like, Whiteside and, uh, and like, Boogie and AD, and then... It was um, better against Adams, but Adams is also... He's big, but he's not those guys. Yeah, he was really good against Marc Gasol, though. Um, yeah. And, like, we can work on the one-on-one D. He can get stronger. He can put on weight and stuff like that, be able to hold his ground, but... Dude, the help defense when anybody dives into the lane is pretty spectacular. Like, he's affecting everything that comes in front of his face. And uh, I'm just, <laughs> like, love what I've seen so far. Like, there's a lot of stuff to build on um, from Nerlens. And uh, two more things that I wanted to note that have kind of gotten fixed since uh, since uh, Nerlens been in the fold. Um, the ball movement has looked pretty spectacular from certain units. Whenever Quinn Cook runs out there, like it kind of dies because he's just going to dribble the thing into the ground. But they somehow they fixed, fixed their ball movement, um, which was starting to be a problem for them. And Quinn Cook, he just, I don't know, he gets he's getting first quarter minutes. I don't know if he needs them, but um, we can talk about him some other date. But uh, let's see what we got. Lakers tonight? Lakers tonight. You're, Lakers do, tonight. You got you post? Get- Yes, I do. The Lakers will make the call. I'm really, (laughs) really pissed off that PG-13 is not coming to town tonight. Paul George? Dude. That would have been super fun. I just don't know what these teams are even doing, man. I have no idea. Boston or the Lakers. I heard that the the idea with the Lakers. This is not not your your purple and gold podcast, but (laughs) they're like, oh, well, we can just get him in 2018. Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, but by that time, like, you're going to have to make a decision on all these other dudes. Yeah, exactly. Like, gonna, I don't know. It just seems like this whole idea of, like, oh, like it'll just all work out a couple years from now. That's, I don't know. I'm, that's such I'm, a loser's mentality. Like, I I think that the 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 Celtics are really going to regret not moving. Oh, there Butler is no in doubt. This, this deal. There really is no regret. doubt. Like, there are a couple of teams which basically I would label as underwear gnomes right now. Which is uh, Boston Celtics, uh, Lakers. Um, there might be one more in there that has a bunch of assets that uh, just won't do it. Oh, Sixers probably that are just uh, okay. Step one: get a bunch of assets. Step two: step three: contender. I'm like, dude. At some point, you have to use these. Otherwise, you're gonna have uh, five different first and second year players that are top five picks that you aren't you aren't able to give minutes to. Yeah. It's just it's just and, uh, Hey, keep an eye on this too. What? I feel like the only reason we really we 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 were way trying to highlight Noel, but we brought up Alex Lynn, we brought up Nurk, mm-hmm. um we brought up uh even like Plumley and like what was going to happen with this? The next thing that's going to happen is is going to be point guards because yep. or at least, you know, guards because there's going to be a number of teams. A lot of the teams who suck are at the top of the draft this year mm-hmm. already have guards. Yeah, very So they're true. going to have to move some of these dudes. Like yeah. Ben Simmons, who knows if he ends up being a sixer for life. Yeah. Uh, if they very end up drafting point. Dennis Smith, or mm-hmm. who knows if uh, D'Angelo Russell and uh, Clarkson can stay Lakers if they draft Lonzo Ball. Yeah. 
What about the Celtics? What about if the Celtics, I mean, they're not going to trade Isaiah Thomas, but if they end up picking a guard, or let's say they end up picking a wing, they think, well, we already have Thomas, we want Josh Jackson. All right, well, now here's Jalen Brown, here's uh, Avery Bradley. Uh, I mean, this what the Mavericks did here with Noel, I feel like this is a pretty decent strategy to like yeah. look for other bad teams who have been building as the, their players are assets and not players. And yeah. now they've all of a sudden got five of the same guy. And you're like, yeah, well, I'll give you a late first for like the last year of that guy's deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want a 19-year-old. I want a 23-year-old. Yeah. No, picking apart other teams like flawed building strategy um, and getting an assets that is worth more more to you, number one. And the, their future is worth more than uh, than their current team is like treating them as like that's really smart to me. Um, and by the way, Justin Anderson scored 19 points in two of his last three games. <laughs> he also had a uh, he had a game winner the other night. Did he? Wow! I think so, against yeah. the Knicks, yeah, against the Knicks. Yeah, 19 and five against the Knicks, 19 and six uh, against the Bucks. So good for that dude. Really good dude. Um, I would have. I have no doubt that that guy will end up one day being a NBA, like at least if not a, a starter, a rotation player. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It just takes I think time. if he gets gets minutes and someone just lets him do whatever he wants for a couple seasons. Um, ultimate test for Dirk tonight as he gets to decide whether he loves me or you more because he's twenty mm. away. Because he's twenty away. If he he gets to, it tonight. If he gets to 20, you get to be there for 30K. If he get, holds off till Friday, I get to be there for 30K. So no big deal, man. Just on you. I um, really appreciated uh, his story with Stein, too, though, about how uh, they're actually just calling him seven instead of six now because they're like, <laughs> at this rate, LeBron will pass you. Well, and some people are calling <laughs> him get eight. There first. Some people are calling him eight because KD's going to pass him, too. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, little buddy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, listen to Jake on the post game tonight on the ticket after the Lakers game, and we'll be back at you uh, tomorrow. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time, Jacob. Later. takes a lot to get excited about a bag but most bags can't save you 20 percent on auto parts that's 20 percent off headlamps 20 percent off oil filters 20 percent off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent napa reusable bag so tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out quality parts helpful people that's napa know-how napa know-how at participating napa auto parts stores while supplies last minimum three items exclusions apply offer ends 10 31 17